Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, where we were last week is we discussed, just to quickly review, we discussed based upon, again, this Gemara, it appears with Swiss and Shas, that the Nazgamina between Jews and non Jews might be that one is Daigiba Mitzvah, so they have different kind of bodies. The bodies are very hot. The Mara said, well, maybe non-Jews also have Chavu Gufayu. Why? Because of the fact that they each got some Thermasim. They didn't have the notion of taking a Thermamra and just saying it, like, what's Chavu Gufayu more or less? So we spoke about Chassam Sefer. Chassam Sefer said that as a result of this Gemara, even though the Gemara ends up in a Teku, as a result of this Gemara, he doesn't understand how is it that we are relying on non-Jewish doctors non-Jewish doctors, or even Jewish doctors, who just have their expertise on the bodies of Eina Yehudim. If they have expertise on the bodies of non-Jews, how does it help us? So he says, with regards to Suffolk of, let's say, Pikuach Nefesh, this is not a question. Of course, you rely on that. You rely on anything that would make a Suffolk of Pikuach Nefesh. But with regards to Isser Nida, for example, who doesn't understand, how are we relying on the Chachamim, on the Reifim of the outside generations. We also discussed um, among the Chuvas that we mentioned was the Chuva of the Ha'elef L'chashlem, the Chuva of Shlomo Kugur, that he felt that actually we should rely on the non-Jewish doctors more than the Jewish doctors. Because he feels the Jewish doctors in his day, in the times of the in the times of the uh, um, reform movement, very strong. He felt that People who are going to medical, they're not religious doctors, they're filled with sort of axarius and sort of anti-Jewish notions, and therefore it's more trustworthy to go to uh, a non-Jewish doctor. We said today, obviously, with the, the sort of the din on all non-religious people being a Tanishanishba, that this would no longer apply. Well, we, one of the things that we mentioned is that many chubas attempt to denude the Chassam Sefer's approach. How? Because they say, look, today we have Klimara, today we have microscopes and radiology tests, today we have MRIs, we have machines, diagnostic tests to make all these kinds of decisions. They're not decisions that are being made just on Berksvars, just based upon reading a book. They're, they're being made literally by testing out, and you can see with your own eyes. <coughs> so maybe if we're talking about a situation where something can really be tested out with your own eyes, even the Chassam Sof would agree that things would be different. And we explained one of the truths that we quoted was Divichayim, the Tzanzarov, right? That he said that the, we use a famous concept in halacha, right? With regards to, let's say, trusting the nemonis of somebody who's not Jewish. How do you trust the nemonis? We say that not Maralacha Umnase. They're not going to ruin their credibility. They're not going to ruin their certification by saying something that would be inappropriate or incorrect. So therefore, we can trust that. And also, anything that'll be a Gili Milsa. Anything that would be open, like we just mentioned, with the MRIs and the radiology and, and, and these kinds of diagnostic tests, it should also be something that we could trust. It's not a nemonis, per se. This is just open. It's obvious. Anybody who's trained knows how to read. That's how we that's how we, we pointed out one aspect of the shear last week. And then we said, but what about on areas of a, of a person that it's not necessarily an, a radiology, or at least... As of today, it's not yet a radiology or MRI test. What about psychology, psychiatry? Areas of a person's mind 
where if you would go to somebody who's not a Jewish doctor, would simply not have the same capacity if somebody has a problem. He's washing tests and dying all day. His mom is OCD. He's always washing tests. Now he's very white. Cabal to me touches here. I knew people like this growing up. I'm like, it, it, it sounds insane. I'm talking about people who are always running to watch it doesn't And it's a taped line, so I can't say any more of the, some of the stories. But the, 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 the clear, clearly it was like OCD, yeah? That pause is a good invention, right? So, so I remember thinking to myself, you know, as a kid, like these people are crazy. But we know today there's a diagnosis for such a thing. But if such a person went to a psychologist, psychiatrist who's not Jewish, before they get to the OCD, they first have to figure out like why is he washing his hand? They wouldn't understand like there's like a million different things they would have to first learn before understanding the behavior, being able to diagnose the behavior. So just simply as a as a pleasure matter, when it's coming to certain kinds of maladies and ailments of the mind of the conscience, of the consciousness, it would seem to me that regardless of whatever one says about the nature and whether the goof is identical, but with regards to the way somebody is raised, the nurture of a person, the consciousness of a person, the neshama of a person, as it is explicated, as we see it, the obvious that you should go to someone who has the training in the Jewish neshamas, in the Jewish minds first. Okay. That's where we had a part two. And a part three was, we said that even though we can sort of in front of Chassam Sefer and say, well, look, Chassam Sefer, we could regulate him to 1830s. And we could say today we have all the modern implements, all the modern instruments. It will be different. We nevertheless brought down Iran, which is brought down in the Rambam, which is that let's say somebody has a child that he can't nurse the child. What's the choices that they could do? Today, it's easy. You go to the grocery store, you buy Enfermil, and it's it's not a problem. But what happens if there are mothers that can't nurse the child? There's no Enfermil available. So you have to get what's called a wet nurse. We're going to have it next week, Sadra, by Shirab Beidu. But we said the Ram points out that you should look for a Jewish wet nurse, not a non-Jewish wet nurse. Why was that, said the Ram? Because Jewish people are b'tevar achmanim by shonim gemle chasadim. So even though halachically there's no difference, and whether the teva of Rachmanus and Ma'ishanus and Gemle Chasodim, we're going to get to whether or not that's really B'tiv'i or that's part of nurture, and that's not for right now. But says the Ram, since that is the case, then when the woman is feeding their child, that is going in as well. And so therefore, if you're going to get a wet nurse that is not Jewish, it's going to be missing them. So even though it's no halachic issue whatsoever, all chol of the mahalachish in is kosher. Nevertheless, says the man, as Minas Chassidus, one should try to avoid it. Because there's potential timtum alev and the like. And the Ramah brings that down the halacha. Okay? If you consider this idea that you get to meet this, that you get to meet this in the cow. Yeah. Following the same logic. Yeah, but then this is in part one of the reasons why some people refuse to eat meat, right? Ideally, they, they want to go back to Adam Mishnah of Nehachet. Why is that? Because by definition, every piece of meat that one eats is from the death of another thing that's going inside of you. So in the Hasidic world, they have ways of making it not, bringing it up a level, taking another life and making up a, a life to raise higher. Okay, fine. But just in the simple understanding, 
of these kinds of esoteric topics, is there a possibility for some nutrients that are not necessarily easy, able to uh, identify and ascertain with a microscope? Is there something that's being given over? Potentially. And therefore, like I said, the halacha is brought down and is clear on this point that one should ideally search for a Jewish wet nurse first. All right, so that's where we left off last week. And where I'd like to continue this week is a Gemari Gither. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't think cows like worms. No, the cows maybe, cows are, are, are not, not deliberately eating worms, but let's say chickens, for example, would absolutely eat worms. 100%. Kosher fish eat only non kosher food. Have milk. Huh? We don't, have milk. <laughs> we don't have milk from a chicken. That's good. That's good. We shouldn't have milk from a chicken. Yeah, I hear. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's get started here uh, for today. So I wanted to bring down another chasam safer and another chasam safer and. Yeah. So we have we have a bunch of things to do. We have to hurry up. Okay. This is another example, and this one makes it clear to me that even though we try really hard to say that we can fire in front of Samsafer and say, look, this man is that he wouldn't say the same. I'm not so convinced. This is what he says. This is what he writes in um in uh, what do you call in uh, in the Gemara Chams. His intent to Lemar. I am tasted of Zara, yeah. Says, I find it difficult to rely on any doctors with manatzeh, even Jewish doctors. When it comes to isur, not pikuach nefesh When it comes to like isur nida, why the kol All of their understanding of bodies, all their understanding of refuos, all their understanding of how these things operate in the medicinal field. Is that it's done on testing. The whole thing is done based upon the testing of non-Jewish bodies. The entire understanding of surgery and not anatomy, their entire understanding of this whole chachma is because they tested their own bodies. Now, when you go to anatomy class in medical school, the the large majority are certainly going to be people who are not Jewish. And in those days, presumably everybody was not Jewish. The Chava Gufayu. And the Gemara said that there's a there's an understanding, a chance to ascertain that the bodies of non-Jews are very hot. Why? Because they're eating shkats and vermasam. And there's no riot from here to the bodies of Jewish people. And there's no way that we should see from this that we should be... That we should be um, Making an isurim or hatayim for us. It's their bodies. Their bodies are chavuk fire because of because of the shkatsim vermasim. It's a potential. Jewish bodies could be chavuk fire because of because of the uh, because of the uh, the doing the mitzvahs, the tagi mitzvahs. And the question was, is the shkatsim vermasim going to be chavuk fire in the same way? So the only place where he says you can rely on a non-Jewish doctor. Is when it comes to Chil Shabbos and Achil on Yom Kippur. That's it. Right? Kuach Nefesh in both situations. Lo Yael Safi Kuach Nefesh, Nami Dekha Shabbos Avalahamin Lohem Mamish, 
Ain nearly, but to actually believe in non-Jewish doctors, even Jewish doctors that rely on non-Jewish experiments, doesn't make sense to me. And he's saying this pretty clear that all of the surgery, like he was aware of the surgeries and all the developments in his day. Of course, he didn't know about radiology and MRI, so I could still push it in. But nevertheless, he's strong. He's not saying he said this also. I didn't quote it this week, but I think maybe last week I mentioned it. Also in the Chuvas. And he writes the same idea. So it's something he repeated many, many times throughout his ouvre. He constantly reiterated this notion. He doesn't understand how we rely on non-Jewish doctors, how we rely on even Jewish doctors who have only their experience with non-Jewish. And his whole explanation was how they did in times of Hassan. Okay, because they over there, even though they rely maybe on non-Jewish wisdom, but they somehow they understood they made their own testing or whatever. That was his dodge to explain what about in yesteryear. So now we'd like to go and discuss some places where I found that there were understandings of differences between Jewish and non-Jewish bodies. Here we go. The Gemara says like this, Rav Simi Bar-Ashi, it's Gemara, get an ayin. Gemara says, Rav Simi Bar-Ashi, Ovid Lei, Lahu Ovid Kechavim, Ladover Acher Ve'itzi. Those are Ovid Kechavim. Again, remember, we've discussed in the first week, right, we discussed them between Ovid Kechavim and Goy and Kanani, right? We discussed all this Kusi, etc. We explained last week, we talked about the Mishnah The Mishnah version of Shulchan was different than the when the normal version of Shulchan that we have in terms of like the, the trusting in Kippur, right? The Raifei was a guy, or the Raifei was Avi which one is more broad? The more here says Avi Gechavim. He made him a healing, he had some sort of a Taras, Rashi says, and he, and he made him a he made him a medicine to heal him. <laughs> so Taisa is bothered by Akasha. What does it mean? We know, like Malab Lim reads, and the whole Gemara tells us that you're not supposed to be going around in those days to be helping Avi Gechavim. Right? Why? Because it's terrible. They're, they're bringing in idolatry to the world. So how could it be that Rev, how could it be that Rev Simi Barashi is being making a refuah for this Avi Kechavim for Exesis, that's what you know, Khanan's Kasha, and for Taisa, the first Taisa gives a couple answers. Taisa's first answer is like this. Taisa says, V'ay Marie, the Shema Kedele Hizchakim B'Refuah Shari Kedei Shiyeda L'Rapois Yisrael Ayyadei Kei. You want to know why he was helping out Avi Kechavim? And treating him for the Torahs because he wants to know how to treat Jewish people with the same malady. Yeah. So what's the problem with this Taisvis? What do you what do you mean you're practicing? You're gonna help something by doing the refu on him? He's not gonna help at all. That is one shot across the bow, right? Um on the Khsam Safe. Because Rav Shimarashi was doing this. Taisa, however, has a couple of other answers. So the Chassam Sefer is not going to be relegated to this one answer. You can say, look, I'm going to other answers of Taisa. What are the other answers of Taisa? Taisa has two other answers. One is maybe an Ava issue, right? The initial reasons why the Hatzalah was going to go to answer all calls. Ava issues, whatever Ava among, among the non-Jews, if they heard that we were being, you know, racist, that we were not treating Jews and non-Jews the same, it would cause much more problems. So we say Ava, fine. So that's the third answer. Maybe somehow over here is not exactly the same thing, like raising somebody like Ava Chavim, healing someone from Taras, not the same thing. So the whole Israel and helping Ava Chavim, in in the sense of raising a child for Ava, you know, you're going to raise a child so ever to be an Ava Chavim. Here, the person's ready, a mature Ava Chavim, and he just has the Taras. Maybe it's not exactly the same thing. You're not creating a new a new person who's going to be idolatry. The person's already an idolatry. You're not really necessarily going to be helping out the idolatry in the world. Maybe. 
So Chassam Sefer could simply rely on the Eve answer as his answer, fundamentally. But it seems clear, at least in the first answer of Taisvis, that there is benefit, there is education that one learns from healing the body of a non-Jew. Because, presumably, they're not too different. Yes? All right. Here we go. Are you ready? The question is, what should I start with first? Um, um, all right, we'll start with this. This is a Mishnah. Mishnah tells us, based on Pasadena, tells us that a woman, when she gives birth to a boy, right? So the first seven days, right? The Dam is Dam Tom. After that, right, it's 33 days of Dam Tor. And then, oh, if you gave birth to a girl's what? 14 days, right? Is Dam Tom. And then 66 days of Dam Tor. Rabbi Shmuel says, in the Mishnah Nida, Rabbi Shmuel holds that, that um, the Vlad, when it's created, in terms of its formation into a, this by the way has very big repercussions, the whole abortion question, I'm not going to get into it, but but it has very big implications in this, like Mars and Yavamas and all this about when is it Maya Ba'alma? When is it like the actually fetus is formed? When is it that it gets a soul, right? If you are Catholic, maybe, you know, uh, the Protestants, I'm not sure if all the Christians read, but they believe that the Neshama comes in at the moment of conception, the moment of conception. So therefore they say you can't kill the baby. We, and the Gemara seems to suggest many places that we don't actually think the same, that the quote-unquote neshama comes in at a later at a later stage. It's just sort of cells doing mitosis at the beginning. Okay. I'm not going to get into the details now so much as just to point out that according to Rabbi Shemot, he learns from the notion of what the Torah says is the law of the damnida by Yeledes to the formation of a fetus. That's the the, the fundamental point that one has to know coming to this says Rabbi Shmuel like this. Um, says Rabbi Shmuel, uh, just like by by a woman, right? She comes Tommy and Tar by Zohar, the Yitzira of the Vlad is similar to the time that she's Tommy. So how long she the Tommy Tar asked how long does it take? 40 days, right? The first 40 days that this is the normal the normative understanding in Halakha. Is that for the first four days is Maya Ba'alma, and then on the 41st day, that's when it's already a fetus. So, how did he get the 41 calculation? You calculate the seven and the 30, right? Okay. So, so too, by a woman, it should be when is the female fetus created? Eight. And the 81st day, you have a female fetus. Why? Because it's 33, I'm um, sorry, 66 plus the 14. Yeah. So the Gemara says that the rabbis told Rabbi Shmuel, We don't learn conception from the Hilchas of Tumor. They're not the same. How are you, how are you mixing the two together? There was a Maisa with Cleopatra. Now Cleopatra is a what? It's a, it's not a, a Shem Yechidoi, right? It's a title. Right? There were seven Cleopatra, the famous Cleopatra that we know about from Mark Anthony and Caesar and all these things that they, they read about in Julius, you know, in uh, Shakespeare. Right. So, so I mean, maybe you get your history from Shakespeare, but the the this was the seventh Cleopatra. There were a lot of Cleopatra. Yeah. Like the same with a lot of Pares, right? There's not Abimelech. There's not there's not not Machitzedek, certain names that are not 
the name of the king, their name of the title of that of that Malchus. So um so there was a story with Cleopatra, who's the who was the queen of Alexandria. Somehow her ladies in waiting were all deemed to be deserving of death. So she decides she's going to make the Rashi explains that since they were going to die, she wanted to see what, like, she make a science experiment on them. So she she basically decided to be mezavig them with some people to see when they become pregnant. So, so she found out that they become pregnant after 41 days. Right, that's what that's what Bishmol is saying to the Chachamim. So, what's the Zraya? His Raya is that you see from Cleopatra's thing, a Raya that that it's not different than the Torah. The Torah, when the Torah says Yitzira, is Kituma. But what's the problem with this tomorrow? Forget that's having more on. Raya from Gaian. Rabbi Shmuel wants to bring a Raya from the Malchus Alexandrus. What does that have to do? But the Gemara doesn't say, what are you talking about? You bring a ride from, from, from Gaia? The Gemara doesn't ask that as a caution. The Gemara doesn't say anything like that at all. Instead, the Gemara says, They the 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 Gemara's response is that you're you you this is an absurd ride. The ride doesn't work. I'm bringing a ride from the Torah, you bring a ride from the Shaitan. What does it mean? My ride in Terra. What's the difference between the ride from the Torah and the ride, the ride from the Shait? And what does it mean? So the Gemara says that, look, at the end of the day, it's very nice you have the Joshua from the Psukim, but it could very well be that there was a game played over here. You want to make an assumption that they got credited at exactly the same time and you're able to figure out exactly. You can't figure these things out exactly. Ain't Abba Trouble's like, right? So you don't know. Maybe she was pregnant first. That you don't you don't know when you can't figure out the times of the conception. That's one uh one part one of the Gemara. And then the Gemara says. That uh, oh, by the way, I should I should note here that one of the things of the of the Gemara is that according to Rabbi Shmuel, that um, that uh, there's no way that um, you know, the the man the, the 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 male fetus is born out you know is formed after forty days and the female after eighty. So the Gemara says that sama ashkinu. That how do you know that it was for sure born after uh, formed after forty one days she cut open their stomachs how do you know for sure that Rishmal says no there's a difference so the Gemara says because they she fed them how would the Gemara know I don't know but the Gemara says that she fed them some sort of a, a, a an abortive drink some sort of a poison that would force them at the moment of the experiment not to not be pregnant so Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Shmuel says not everybody would necessarily react to the poison in the same way. But what boggles my mind is that for this Gemara, they're talking about the bodies of Alexandria. What does it have to do with us? Why are we talking about this? How is this a riot to what's going on at Pasukhumen? What's the connection here? And there's a second version of the of the thing, which is basically the uh, uh, a very identical story, except this is Cleopatra Machas Yovanis. She was the queen of Greece, this Cleopatra. I'm not sure there were any Cleopatras in Greece, but whatever, it's the same idea. Remember, Alexandria was a, was very Greek at that time. <coughs> it was Ptolemy. Ptolemy was the was one of the generals of Alexander, right? So they brought all the Greek to uh, Alexandria. So in this Gemara, it's So in this situation, they found that there was a difference 
40 days versus 81 days, which would be a right to Rabbi Shmuel. So I'm really moving around and I'll show you them again the same thing. My time, Hakam Kebe, Yatu, Arbon Yemen. So again, the same idea that that um, that uh, um, we can't bring a proof. One is bringing a proof from the term, one is bringing a proof from the shaykh. My only point is this Rabbi Shmuel is trying to bring a raya to his notion that there's a difference in time that it takes to form a fetus that is of male versus the time that it takes to form a fetus that is a female. And the riot that he's bringing is from non-Jewish bodies. And the Gemara is not saying, how could you bring such a riot? The Gemara is assuming that that would be a fine riot. Maybe the riot is not a good riot because of its own practical situation. But it's not fundamentally not a good riot. All right. So. We're going to talk about a few different aspects of the female uh, and the male body. That's exactly what I'm getting. Right. Any male, that's correct. That's right. Which we did say that. That's right. Um, all right. So now I'm going to a Ramban, beginning of Pashtatria. Ramban says like this. Um, the Gemara Nida tells us that that how is a, uh, a male or a female born? Isha mizaras tekila let us zokar and Isha mizaras tekila as you let us nekeva. So the the Ramban explains like this that um, that Chazal felt that the Gemara there says Nida that a man and a woman they contribute different parts to the formation of the fetus. Right? You remember the thing? Was the woman contributes the adam, right? The man, right, contributes the lubad, and Hashem puts in the neshama. That was the that was the understanding of Chazal. Says the Ramban Baldas philosophy how scientists of the Greeks. So kol gufa uber midam haisha. The woman is is the one who is responsible for the entirety of the formation of the fetus. Why is that? And um, what what was the raya of the Greeks? The great raya. Uh, you have to imagine in the days without science, you know, what we have today. The riot it was from eggs, from a chicken. What's the riot from the chicken? So, you know, a chicken today, is anybody here check the blood spots when, they, when they're making eggs? Yeah, everybody check the blood spots. Do you have to have a lot of wood? Don't tell your wife this. Of course you have to have a lot of wood. No, we're on tape line. Of course we have to tape a lot of wood. Of course you have to check. But the reality is, that Moshe points out already in Chuba years ago, that there's no chickens today that could ever be a real chicken, could ever give birth. No egg today could ever be a chicken. Why? Because the factories, they, they just want to grow chickens. Their whole job is to make eggs. Their job is not to make not to, not fruit. So every egg is unfertilized. They keep the roosters far away. There's never that blood spot. Can, it, it, whatever there is, is never going to be a chicken. There's no blood spot. There's no, no, fun, there's no fetus. It's all unfertilized eggs. Says the Greek philosophers, you see that what is the male putting in? You could have a perfectly perfect egg. It's just missing. It's not going to be a chicken. So what's missing? Something that the man is doing. What's it doing? The egg's exactly the same. They said what man is adding is hiuli. The hiuli. Hiuli is like a you know classic Greek word. No one knows what it actually means for sure. It's the, it's the energy. It's the spirit. It's, it's whatever it is. It's something outside of uh, the normal physical uh, parts of a, of a body, 
And that's what the man added into the formation of a fetus. And according to the Greek philosophers, that's how that's how the pregnancy, that's how it develops. Somehow that creates the chicken, this energy, but not the physical aspect. All the physical stuff is already there from the female. That was their understanding. And the uh, the 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 Ramban over here does not say they're wrong. He doesn't say the Greek philosophy. What do they have to do with what the Torah is talking? About? No, he no, doesn't say. He brings it down as like you know a yesh imer and a yesh imer. If you look, however, later on in the uh, in, in Bayikra, the Ramban later on in Parshat the Ramban says like this, and and this Ramban, this is a, a take home remark because everyone knows that the Ramban has a sort of um, it doesn't have the embrace of the like the Rambam, right? The Rambam, we've mentioned before when we did our secular studies classes, the Rambam quotes Aristotle a hundred times a month. <coughs> he felt that without Ruach HaKedah, she was the closest thing that man had ever got to like the, the perfection of the human mind. But the Rambam is not not at all. He literally, I have that brought with me the, the Jerash of Teres Hashem Tamima, when the Rambam says, right? And at the same time, he said that he clearly was of two minds about it. Right? For example, in the Pashas Menachem, from famous Ramban says, right, we have to listen. And he told us that the rainbow is natural. So even though it says in the first, it's going to be a coven between me and mankind. The Ramban says, no, that's not actually how you read the first. How do you read the classic? Not a new phenomenon on the rainbow, says the Ramban. The rainbow is what? The rainbow is something that Akkadish Boroku always existed, but now Akkadish Boroku endowed it with additional meaning. It's Kashina Sati, but don't read it as something new. It's not new at all. It was always there. Now it's endowed with new meaning, which is fascinating because the Ibn Ezra came before the Ramban. If you look at the Ibn Ezra there in the back, the Ibn Ezra says it as a potential. He doesn't know which one is right. Kazal said it's a new phenomenon. The scientists say, no, he does, he's not Machriya. But the Ramban is Machriya, right? Very clearly on the side of the Greek. There's what he says in, in, uh, in uh, and you should also, you can see this Ramban at the end of the of the Yitzhak. When Rafa says that she can't get up, the Ramban writes that it's a really nice minig that they have in the olden days, which already in the Ramban's day is no longer applicable. Today you could find this kind of minig in India, in certain places in India, in Sri Lanka, there are certain places, Nepal, I think, is really the place where the most attractive. So a woman of Nida, she has to live outside. All right, what does Nida mean? Literally, minudet, right? You push them out. So in these places in the world, they still practice such a thing. And many times, huh? Yeah, no, that's literally what it is. So, so if you look at the... Uh, you look at the uh, these cultures, that's what they do. And the Ramban is talking about in his day, though it was in the past, that it's no longer done anymore. And he's talking about it positively, that it was done then. Says the Ramban, that's in Vayetze, and that's why Rachel cannot, you see that love and never speaks to you, he brings a right. Love and never says another word to her. He never says another, like Zayish, the one she said, he doesn't talk to him. Right? And he brings it down as this is the ideal. 
you know, they say the Altaheim. This is what it was like. So the Ramban already in his day is not like that. And um, this is what he says in Mayeg. So that's the only other Ramban to take a look at. But here's the Ramban in 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 Akhaibat. That's the Ramban. Very famous position that the Torah is permitting relations between spouses just for the idea of being Mikhaim, uh, the uh, the world. And then he adds the following: The child is born from the blood of the woman. Either all or mostly, as I already explained, which is the relevant part back to Parshat Tzvi that we mentioned already before. Obviously, nothing can grow from that. Um, how could you possibly make a child out of that? That doesn't work. Damnida is like you kill somebody. Somebody would touch Damnida, would drink it, or eat it, they would die. Obviously, no one can get pregnant for that. Because remember, in their mind, when you say that the woman is contributing the blood according to Hazal or according to the Greeks, contributing everything, they viewed it as the blood, as the lifeline, the lifeline of a person, and that's even the lifeline to the fetus. Says the Ramban. If somehow any Damnido would be touching to any sort of a, a, a woman who was pregnant, it would kill the baby. And the doctors, meaning the non-Jewish, the Greek doctors, they already said the following. Any mixture of somehow Damnita gets into anything will be destruction, destroying the person. Okay. And then he says, and this is the classic takeaway Ramban. So I'm going to tell you a really good scientific Remember, the Rambam says, right, we mentioned, did we mention this? I um, I may have mentioned something, and I don't remember. No, not I mentioned it something. The Rambam, the Bar Nebuchim holds, right? It's Ames Nitzvah. Oh, maybe what if they read come up on Friday night, because we discussed about Nichosh, about the Minichabad, not to make Kiddush, the first hour of Shambas, not the Rebbe, it's really the Magad Abram, explain why it doesn't apply. Why Why the Lutzvah should not write about the Magad Abram? And how how that all works. But without getting into that now, the right, because the Nakesh gave his cup, all of it, fine. So the so the thing is like this. The um, the Ramban says, I'm gonna tell you a good scientific experiment. Because the Ramban says in the Murder book in Kale Gimel, uh, in Zion, the Ramban the Rambam writes that anything that is ames nisyoinoi is aimed by Mishumakesh, all those stuff that you're worried about. In terms of like, because remember, the Ramam doesn't hold the tree of kitchen. It's all things that people believe. But anything that's in this, there's no issues of dark game, there's no issues of anything. Anything that was tested scientifically is kosher. So says the Ramban, we have a, a Nisoyan Amiti. This was a great scientific experiment and it worked. What is it? It's just amazing. Human follows Tom Dan Bitelodi says that. Great science experiments, one of the most amazing things. If a woman, the beginning of her period, in Tabit the Marisha Barzel, she looks in a mirror, like a clear mirror, but she really looks at that mirror really strongly. You'll see in the mirror blood. 
they look at the mirror very carefully, very strongly, they will see blood in that mirror. Because there's something of the bad nature of the Tamnida that will create this kind of thing. And even hurts the ear. So the ear will be affected by the Tamnida, which will affect the, the, it will patch onto the mirror and affect the mirror. So what is the what is the um, what is the Ramban saying? The Ramban saying that the the, the the scientists they've proven that if a woman looks in the mirror when she's at the beginning of her nida, it's gonna cause all this terrible things. So the first thing, of course, that one is blown away by is that this is a Nisayan Amiti. Like really, did somebody actually test this? Like, or he heard it was an assignment because if you look at the Greek philosophers and the Christian theologians, who he was probably familiar with, like Augustine and others who brought this down, they all say the same thing. But did anybody actually take ask their wife like to do this experiment? Like, did anyone actually try? Right, are we are, are people going to seriously suggest that the Lushiniyatet over here? I don't think so. I don't. I, but it is mind-boggling. That everyone assumed that it was an Australian Amiti and they didn't actually feel the need to test it themselves. Why? It's brought down everywhere. Everyone thought it was true. But who's like the first person who wrote it down? Like, imagine this was true. Like, why do I want this Ramban? Because the Ramban is saying over here that at the end of the day, how a child is born is not Machria. It could be the way that Chazal say it, it could be the way the Greeks say it. It doesn't knock it down, but what the Greeks say. Again, what did Rabbi Shmuel point out? He wanted to bring a riot. That perhaps the reason what the Torah is explaining about the, the Damnida of a, of a Yeledes is compared to the Yitzira. And what was his proof? From either Malchus of Alexandrus or Malchus of Yavon, the two Cleopatras. So I want to try to show, like I've seen Marashi, that who's making a, a refua for the non-Jews, that there's not necessarily such differences. The Ramban is not saying, well, one second, maybe it was their dominant, maybe you know, their kind of bodies that would cause the truth, but not Jewish women. No, all the same. All the same? Yeah, all the same. That's why he's decrying in Vayetze, like, oh, now look, we don't have this anymore. Right? With that, we now the women are not separated. Now they're they, they don't leave the house. Before we leave on the Ramban, we go to a couple more citations here from Kazal that show the other way. That's always uh, that to show all sides of the situation. And I don't think you could say clearly that has our world one mind about it, like everything else. And I just wanted to point out a few classic lines from the Ramban. The Ramban, they call Kisve, so it's unbelievable things. There are those that want to suggest that maybe it's not the Ramban. To me, it's very clear. All these things are the Ramban. The Ramban. Especially, I don't think anybody has the Ramban says a number of different um, a number of different criticisms of the uh, of the Greeks and uh, one of the things he says like this about the Yavanim he says they, they were a new nation they had no heritage of wisdom meaning Aristotle got up and he only believed in things that you could test out with your hypotheses. And all he did was try to figure out the tivi, right, in nature what things are, 
and he denied any validity of the spiritual world. He said that all of magic and all the shade and all these worlds are are, <coughs> are nothing. And there's nothing in the world except for what is Bateva, anything that he could have. Clearly today, whether one believes in Shadim or, 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 or Kishif or not, is a separate point. But clearly that is not true, right? One of the things that as the Rashba repeatedly writes, Rashba, Talmud of the Ramban, Rashba writes numerous times in Shubas, the same thing. He's like, how can you trust the Greeks? They can't explain magnetism. Magnetism is huge. It's still huge, right? Elon Musk is trying to build a whole, right, magnetic kind of a, 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 a tunnel, right? We're going to be able to travel hundreds of miles, right? A fast a plane with no energy. Magnet. How would one explain magnets? The Greeks couldn't explain it. They had no idea. Obviously, there are powers and things that you can't see. We know that today, that electromagnetic sphere is everywhere. We, our whole lives are based upon things that we can't see, and we consider it teva. So the idea that the, there is only things that one can see with one's eyes in the realm of science is clearly 100%, no doubt about it, untrue. And in this sense, Aristotle would have been wrong. He machtavek anything that his eyes couldn't see, but it is the whole world that we live in, which our eyes can't see. And we need to have much more sophisticated tools to be able to see it, to be able to understand it. The Rabbana Zashita, without getting too much off the sidetrack, Rabbana Zashita, that fundamentally, he felt that the wisdom of the, of the world was really from the Jews and was lost in the various different sufferings that Jewish people had, the first and second temples, et cetera, et cetera, it caused a loss to the Jewish people. We ended up forgetting a lot of things, and we ended up having to rely on the Greeks for a lot of things around them. For example, famous, right? That we know all of the rules, of, right? All the rules of Kiddush HaKadosh is really from the Rambam, right? As others have pointed out, the Rambam, uh, the Rivet points out that Kiddush HaKadosh, the Rambam is making himself haughty with all of his calculations and his mathematics and his astronomy. And we don't know from this thing. But the rabbi himself says there that he didn't know it either from any Jewish book. He says, I'm relying here on the Svarim Kitsayim. And, and what's the reason? Because we've lost it. The, all the Chokmah Seib, all the stuff that we knew calendrically, we've lost it in the old Tzars that we've had. So we have to rely on the Greeks now. This is the Shita of the Rabban as well. And he, he goes again, I said to you, he says, the Aristotle, he says, even the Kotan shall be Israel. Even a cousin Shabbi Shalom knows more than Aristotle about, about how the world actually works. So he acknowledges there's more to the world than what you can see. So it's not a clear, open and shut picture of the approach of the Rambat. All I'm trying to show is that he was a bit of two minds, perhaps, but he was certainly willing to countenance that there was no difference between non-Jewish or Jewish female bodies in relation to Nida. Remember the South Circle, we said, yeah, I'm not going to trust any doctor when it comes to Isra Nida, I don't know how you can trust them. Uh, it's okay, but, but Isra Nida, how do you trust them? All right, so now we get to um, now we get to some exciting remarks. that you know that tell us that there is a difference between between the bodies of a of a Jew and a non-Jewish woman. So it says the uh, um, it says the Gemara like this. This is a Gemara, and we'll start with this Gemara here in uh, uh, in Sanhedrin. The Gemara says the Ma'aseh Ho'Ma'aseh Amnon and Tamar, 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 Ho'
The Gemara says that Amnon, after he had the mice with Tamar, he hated her even more than he had loved her. Like, if you parallel the amount of hatred, now it overpowered the amount of love, the amount of obsession that he was obsessed with, and now he hated her, Mamish hated her. Gemara said, why did he hate her so much? The Gemara says that, um, he had sort of had um, uh, a mishap when he was middle of a relation, and she had caused him a kurshafa because of uh, here in certain regions of the back. Says the Gemara. That the Jewish people had the, the word go out among the nations that they were so beautiful. That Jewish women have no hair, whether in the nether regions or in the under the armpit. This is the 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 um, the uh, the Gemara. So therefore, the Gemara is the question: How could it be that Tamar was making Amnon into a Kurshafa because he had had a mishap because of stair, but there's no stair. The Pasuk says that your name went out to the guy because of your beauty. The beauty is that you don't have any hair. <laughs> so how could it be? What's the Gemara's answer? The Gemara's answer is not what are you talking about? No, the Gemara's answer is shiny Tamar the Bachi Pasper, Havoy. Remember that Tamar and her brother Avshalayim Says the Gemara, they were the children of a Yifas Ter that David had seen in battle. So therefore, she was a guy in genetics, right? And her mother had converted. So therefore, even though her mother had converted, it didn't maybe impact right away in the first generation. And still, the genetics were such that there was still hair Beveta Arab. That's the Gemara. So what is it we see from this Gemara? Unlike unlike what I thought, what we said from Steen Barashi, right? Unlike what we said from Right from Rabbi Shmuel. Right here we're seeing a situation that Chazal felt that there was a distinction. Maybe not in Chazal's own day, right? Maybe not in Chazal's own day. Why not? Because in Chazal's own day, it already was after the Chorban, uh, as Rashi says, before they made the, you know, the, the Chorban of the second bias. This is right even before the first bias. So then there was a physical, scientific distinction. Right, that is what the Gemara seems to be suggesting in this Gemara. There was a time period, maybe not today, but there was a time period at least once where there was a difference between the male and female body. So what are the takeaways? Number one, but Bismanenu, we're not saying that. That's before the Chay. Right, that's before Kiyan, Kigabu, Pereziyah, right? The, the, the Pasuk there says in, um, in, 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 um, Yeshaya, right, that they went, but Taylor. Right, the, the, with their with Akim, it's not good. The Gemara and Yuma says they went uh, uh, and angered Hashem. The Gemara says that they went with perfume in their feet because they would somehow uh, go around the boy and, and touch their feet, and the perfume would come out, and it would be like Eris Kedachash, and it would create all sorts of nuts. That's what the Gemara says. That, so they got punished. Okay. But we're saying two things. Number one, I say there is no difference, at least with regards to this area. And number two, that maybe there was once a difference. Okay. So this is kind of the proof that you can't really prove because who knows? But it actually comes up again and again in the Gemara that there was such a distinction. The Gemara says, the Gemara beginning with Gittin, the Gemara talks about the Maitha Pelegish Begiva. 
What happened to Maisha Pilegish Begiva? The Pasha story, if you read Shaiftim, is this is a replay of the story of Shazai. It's basically the same thing, right? Mamish of town comes and, and does a horrible, horrible uh, uh, taking advantage of this Pilegish. And and she dies, right? He takes out the body, cuts it up, sends it out to all the fires from there's a civil war, they destroy the Yemen, all because of the fact that they wouldn't take action on all of the people who had committed this misdeed. <coughs> but the story, the backstory is that the Pilagesh and her her not her husband, but her semi sort of a husband, they weren't getting along. So she had gone back to live with her parents. Why weren't they getting along? What had been their fight? From the Pesukim, it's not clear 100% what the fight was about. So the Gemara says in Machlekev what the fight was about. Um, um, and the Gemara says like this, that um, um, here we get the idea of Elu Elu. But the Gemara says that what was the problem? I One of the problems is according to one of the Ma'ad Amram, was that name of He found here in that place. And their way was to take away all the hair, right? Sort of like, you know, Spartan today, right? So as not to endanger her husband. Right? And, and, and so therefore, she, she put him into Sakana. So therefore, he um, had to separate out from them. <coughs> that's why. That's why he had, uh, um, um, you know, sent her away. So that's one one opinion. The other opinion was what that zvuv um, matzala uh, that he was you know, bug or whatever she she had like with parai you know with the taramashkim that uh, you know he wasn't so careful she served him a dish and it was a fly. So, what do we see from this tomorrow? What do you see from this tomorrow? Bawa? They are the same. That there was no difference before the bias, right? This is the time of Shaiftim. And they're having time. So they're removing it because they don't want to make the husband to a Kershaw. But to say that there's a distinction, what do you say? And Rashi says, There was, and they removed it. Frank takes this. You have to say that the Pilegas is a Basi Pastor also. Everybody is a Pastor in that. But what is Pesas trying? What, what's the she here in Machalikas in Rashi and Pesas? Pesas is trying to say that one second, they can't have Steyer Pesar Eva. It must have been. Says Rashi. Of course, they're tired based on Sarah, Sarah based on everybody, or Mesa, and, and, and there's no issue, and they were just <laughs> taken away. Rashi's not bothered by what the Gemara says in Sanhedrin. That means that for Rashi, it was, it was no different. Good? Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that's why that's what I'm saying. At Philly, the first generation didn't change much, right? Because if Thomas about to terrifying, so her mother, right, became converted. So shouldn't it already impact her daughter? Maybe take a generation or two to fill it as. 
Ah, no, but we don't in halacha that that we don't accept in halacha. In halacha, we say that a ger becomes the full status of a Jew in terms of who they can marry. That's still that's still uh, not exactly identical, right? They can't marry a kain or whatever, but but in terms of their ability to be love a right? They are hundred percent love of a right? They become identically halachically to a Jewish person. Right, but not everybody saying right in the Shaman's full Jew. We're not talking about the Shaman's, and we're not talking about the Shaman. I'm saying in halacha, in oh. terms of, in terms of, aside from marriage issues, halacha treats a, a convert and a Jew as the same. There are, in terms of, for example, the Gemara says kashem gerukisapacha. Right, the Gemara Yavama says you're not supposed to marry. It's ideally, not to marry a, somebody who. Uh, convert, why not? Sure. The more the, the more is just they're difficult to deal with. But the Mafarshim have my clients. Why is the more leaves it as open ended? So what's the reason? The one my number holds the reason is because they're too they're too didactic in the midst. They make everybody look bad. Right? But the other man says like about Shiva, the other man says no, it's the opposite. They have no idea what they're doing. They're didactic on the wrong thing. You have to know when you grow up from you know how to value, you know like you're not supposed to tell your five-year-old, you bench every world of your frask. You didn't bench, you didn't say Rachel with the right cup on a frask. I mean, I school parents like this with about you. Like, they like, oh my God. Like, they don't understand the basics. Then they grow up with it. So they think everything is 100%. They have to do it. It's the same effort. Okay. We have a few minutes left. I want to do one other. Medish, the, the Medish Talpias. I want to discover on this. Okay. The Medish Talpias says like this. The Medish says, and this is um, um, this is uh, this will be our takeaway. Yeah, I don't have too much time to start the next thing here. This is a measure. I this is like a copy and paste. I'm literally reading to you what it says. The measure stuff is you can um, uh, take with it as you wish. This is uh, this that usually throw because I heard testimony that by Jews, yes. Laman Beis Shinayim. Jews have 32 teeth. Teeth. Nobody has a dentist. The third Jews have 32 teeth. But non Jews have 33 teeth. And 32 teeth. The Tomani, I have a problem with this because if HaKadosh Baruch made a Hebdo for the Jews, for the non Jews, what's the Hebdo between the Jews and the non Jews? Okay, what what do we understand as a heaven between Jews and non-Jews? Grismila, the whole reason for creating a covenant for the Jewish people was to make a havdalah, to make a difference between us and the Ubois the The whole distinction of the Jews and the non-Jews is not in nature. We're born the same, we seem the same. We'll get to eventually about the Shamas and things later. But Pashat, you look at a non-Jewish baby, what is the difference? Forget the case for a second, but a Jewish male or, Jew, or a non-Jewish male baby, what is the difference? He doesn't. The only way to create a distinction is with the brisk real. Correct, the better stuff is, why is it necessary? Why do we have to have a brisk meal? Just count the teeth, you know. You know the difference, and it's even better. Because here, it applies by Jewish and by non-Jewish, uh, uh, by Jewish male and female. They have 32 teeth. So you have a distinction already there. Why does that have to give you bris milah? 
There's already a, there's already a distinction. What do you think of that, right? I mean, because no, they everybody lost the teeth. I hear it. so most days, right? No, no one knows about it today because we don't we think of it as crazy. But but anybody who had grandparents in the Holocaust, right? They didn't have. It was mind-boggling to me. Right? My grandparents, none of them had teeth, except my grandfather. It was crazy. My grandfather went to all the concentration camps. He had totally dead. Not not such an old person. One whatever. But he had a full head of hair and, and a full set of teeth. But he had gone through, you know, the hells and the, the concentration camps, all of it. But he had it. But everybody else, they lost the teeth. They, 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 their hands became frosted, but they had no feeling. My, my grandma would touch pots and pans, you know, and, and, and cook and, like, never used a, a pot holder. Like, she didn't feel the teeth. So, but everybody lost the teeth in those days. They looked at George Washington had dentures. Everybody had dentures. The the uh, somebody told me a story, a great story that the person was somebody had a patent on dentures, some sort of a patent, and he was mamish knocked the moment she touched his patent, and he'd go around suing the whole country. Somebody somebody shot him, he died. Like the guy who invented the like they they always had dentures, but they were wood. Queen Elizabeth had dentures. She was very mock, but if you read the history, she would never let anybody near her, right? Until she had a dentures in her mouth. She was a little vain, it was very embarrassing. But they were young and they had no teeth. So maybe it's that that's separate. But Larry Sabinsky is a better answer. He says, he gives two answers. He gives a few answers. But the answer we'll, we'll stick with for now is he says it's not really a, a, a it's not a simon that's visible. It's a bechusa. It's in the mouth. You have to open up the mouth and start counting teeth. It's not the first thing. Which is a pen, right? Okay. Right. Right. So we discussed on Hanukkah, you know, we mentioned that the word at uh, I mentioned the word gymnasium, that's right? a Greek word. What does it mean? Literally, it means naked. All right, that's how they that, that's how they used to go to the gym. They promised naked, but it was obvious. That's where they would with surgeries that were done in those days to reverse the bris milah. That's what Chacham said. Anybody who does this, because I'll say, is right? So, so we can go through the whole better shelf. We don't have time right now. But effectively, there seems to be, at least according to this citation, which, you know, I'm going to the end of the earth to find one, but I did find one, right, that says that there is a distinction in teeth. So, of course, when I first learned this, what did I do? Called the dentist. And I said, tell me any difference in the teeth between the Jewish and non Jewish? Is there a difference in the teeth? Because they all have plaques. I know, I know, I know that plaque. I'm saying that someone have more teeth than the other. Look, you crazy! Stop wasting your time. But right. there's no difference in the amount of teeth. You count the teeth. There's no difference in the amount of teeth. So you can say again, she has tablet if you want. That's one way to deal with it. Or to say again, what does it mean? This Amish Nisyani. The Rabban says it was Amish. This Amish You know, it's not a hundred percent a true Nisyani. If a woman looks in the mirror, I don't know what kind of Nisyani they did in those days. I don't. I, we weren't there. It's hard for us to judge what things were like 500 years ago. We can't make those kinds of judgments. Well. But what we're showing, again, is that there were at least some streams in Chazam that seems to suggest that at least at some point, maybe there was a distinction. Maybe not today. To our minds, for sure. But we've also shown in Chazam that maybe there really wasn't such a distinction. And in the areas of Nida itself, maybe it wasn't such a <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure.